Praise the Lord, church. Let me take this mic off because uh, I'm, I'm Pentecostal and I'm half Puerto Rican. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen uh, this morning. Amen. Um, I just want to thank God for his faithfulness in my life, man. It's been, um, you know, 24 years, 24 years old, and um, God has been so good to me. Uh, he's never left me. He's never forsaken me. Even when time, times in my life when I've made mistakes, I fell flat on my face, uh, he's always been there, and he's always continued to um, just encourage me. And I'm blessed to be here this morning with you guys. Uh, it's, it's a privilege, man. It's an honor to be able to share God's word with you guys. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, you know, for Whoever's decision this was, all of you guys, uh, all the ministerial team, it's a, it's, a, it's an honor, it's a privilege to share God's word this morning. I, I don't take it lightly, amen. Um, like Pastor was saying, uh, four years ago, we, we were, uh, I was at a uh, young adults gathering, and uh, I met him there and got to talking to him, and, and something inspired me um, out of this man, and I just knew that. The Lord was calling me. It was, it was in a time where I already knew God was calling me out and transitioning me, wanting me to join a different church, and I prayed about it. And even while I was coming here, I was still praying about it because I was visiting a church in San Pedro and then also here. And I remember um, Sister Marisol, she prayed for me. She prophesied over me. And it was, then, it was a Sunday morning, and I knew then and there that God called me to Mission Ebenezer. And I've been coming here ever since. I've been blessed by this ministry, like Pastor was saying. I've been able to graduate Bible college, which is an accomplishment, which is a huge milestone for me, um, knowing that I don't come from an educated uh, background, educated family. And I'm, I'm, I am excited to continue my education. I'm excited to see what God has in store. And this is, uh, this is part of it. So I took on the challenge. You know, I'd, at first I was thinking, man, should I pray about it? But why pray about it, right? This is, this is God's, this is an opportunity from God. And, and so I told Pastor, thank you, Pastor. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and preach. And, uh, and I love you, Pastor. Thank you for just all your investment and everything that you've done for me. Amen. Uh, this morning, we're going to be reading out of the epistle of 1 Peter. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter um, chapter number 2. We're going to be starting in verse 9. When you have it, say amen. When you have it, say I'm there. Praise the Lord, whatever it is you want to say. The Bible reads in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If you want to take notes or if you want a title to reference this message, um, I've titled this message, Improving Our Witness for Christ. 
Um, let me just open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity to be able to share your word. Father, we know that your word is anointed. God, I pray that you would anoint me, your servant. Uh, I pray, Lord, this morning that you would just speak and minister to the hearts of your people. Lord, that we would be uh, encouraged and challenged, inspired, Father God, to be better witnesses for you, something that we can all be better at, something that we can all improve in. But Lord, I pray that first and foremost that you would reveal to us, that you would show us who we are in you, Father God, because it's only through that, it's only through an overflowing relationship with you of knowing our identity in Christ that we can begin to be bold witnesses in our workplace, that we can be bold witnesses at our colleges, that we can be bold witnesses um, at the grocery store, whatever it is, Father God, that you have called us to go. I pray, Father God, that, Lord, you would just show us today through your word, Father God, um, what you say about us. And that we would believe it and that we'd receive it, receive it, Lord, and that, that would be expressed um, outwardly, Father God. So we love you. We thank you. We give you all the honor, all the glory. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, before I begin, uh, before I, you know, go any further, I want to do a quick uh, survey of the crowd. If, I, if that's okay, if I have everyone's consent, don't worry, I'm not going to be asking for any personal information, and none of this will be uh, held against you in a court of law. <laughs> um, just, I'm just going to ask a few questions. Uh, if you're sitting in church today because someone invited you, raise your hand. Amen. We have a few people. Um, if you walked in by, you know, your own initiative uh, after having, you know, driven by the church or seeing the church, raise your hand. Okay, awesome, awesome. Maybe you saw some type of uh, social media post or you found us on YouTube and you decided to visit. If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. I don't know, are you guys... Not engaging in this, or is it just, uh, or were you guys, uh, if you were invited by a relative or a friend, uh, raise your hand. Don't be shy. Come on, let's see. Let's see those hands. Amen. Okay. So most of us, amen, have been invited, right? And so there was a, a survey that was done. I believe it was by the Billy Graham Foundation. And um, it says that 6 to 8% of people walked into the church uh, by their own initiative. Um, two to three percent liked a program that was offered, maybe. So something like maybe VBS or any, you know, we have so many different ministries in this church. The um, St. James, right, recovery ministry. Uh, we have our youth ministry. Maybe you liked a, uh, an event or you came out to an event um, that was, that was um, being hosted and you decided to stay, right? Uh, check, the, check out this one. Eight to ten percent said that they came and they stayed because they liked the pastor. Amen? Raise your hand if you like the pastor. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, helps, it, 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 helps to, it helps to like the pastor, right? You want to be in a church where you like the pastor. I know I love my pastor. He's uh, been able to invest a lot into me and, and been able to encourage me. So it, it helps to come to church when you like the pastor. Would you agree? Amen. We have, especially if he's handsome. <laughs> And he's wearing some nice Jordans today, right? And we, we love the pastor. We have 
amazing pastors. Amen. We have amazing pastors. Uh, three to four percent of people said they had a need met by the church. I know this church has met many needs, right? We've had, um, you know, um, we've had, we've been able to give out furniture and, and just do so many things for the community, and and it's been a blessing, right? Uh, this one uh, is kind of, it's kind of a, I guess, a sad statistic. It says one to two percent were evangelized, and Three to four percent were attracted by Sunday school. How many enjoy our Sunday school? I don't know if you guys have been in there. A lot of great things taking place. They've been preparing for VBS, right? And so we have an amazing, amazing uh, children's ministry. And, uh, you know, parents, they, they love that. They love, you know, seeing their kids being trained up in the word of God and, and, and seeing, you know, this next generation taking their place. And lastly, it says 70 to 85% of people that come to church were invited by a relative or a friend. How many thank God for that? Amen? Yes, give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Man, that we thank God that for the people that God placed a burden on their heart for you. Right? That they were filled with the Spirit of God. They were filled with boldness and courage to let you know about the gospel, to let you know that God has a plan for your life, that he can come into your situation, no matter what it is that you're facing, what you're going through, whether it be drug addiction, right, whether it be gang violence, whether it just be depression, discouragement. Maybe you were just hopeless and you needed somebody to let you know about Jesus Christ, that he can come in and he can change your life. And that he too can fill you with the Holy Spirit. And that you can live a life of victory. That you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that you can overcome the things of this world and the things that the enemy tries to throw at us. So however you made it here today, amen, we, we praise God for it. Because God allowed it. And God destined it for it to be that way. And we thank, we thank God for that. Amen. But statistics still show that God's primary way of reaching people is through people. That's encouraging to know, right? That's a blessing because we have so much technology, right? And, and no matter how much we advance as a society and technology, no matter how much we advance even in our church through social media, right? They're doing a great job promoting the church and promoting the things that are taking place. Right, and we see, you know, just the uh, advancements within artificial intelligence, right? And so, no, no matter what, right, a, a robot might be able to, I don't know, do some of our jobs one day, right? Knowing that, yeah, DoorDash and delivering pizzas and and all these things, right? But a robot will never be able to assume our witness for Christ, amen? Because a robot does not indwell the spirit of the living God. It's only people, we are the only part of God's creation that indwell the spirit of the living God because the Bible tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God and that the Holy Spirit indwells within inside of us. So that's encouraging to know that a robot can't take our job when it comes to spreading the word, when it comes to spreading the gospel, if it's only you and I, amen, that are going to be able to continue to reach this world to reach our family members, to reach our relatives, to reach our friends for the glory of God. So we carry the Holy Spirit of God within us. 
And we all have a part to play in God's plan for redemption. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, amen? There's a lot of souls that need to be saved and reached. There's a lot of people out there, like Pastor was saying, that are overdosing on drugs. And we have the answer, and the answer is found in Jesus. The answer is found on his work, his finished work on the cross, that it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter the things that you face, but God is for you. God is with you. And God has a plan for each and every one of us. doesn't matter how many years you've been serving God, whether 10 years, 20 years, or even if it's just a few months. God wants to use your life. God wants to touch your spirit, touch your heart, and allow you to be a bold witness for him. Because no one, no one is insignificant in the purposes of God. No one is insignificant in the kingdom of God. We all have a part to play in God's special plan. And so in 1 Peter, like I said, we read out of 1 Peter, is uh, Peter's writing this letter, having been um, commanded by Jesus himself to encourage and to strengthen the brethren, right, to, to feed the people of God. Jesus commands him in, in Luke chapter 22, right? He says, the devil, the enemy has come to sift you as wheat. The devil has tried to come to destroy you. But Jesus was praying for Peter. Jesus was interceding for Peter. And he says, and when you have come back to me, you will go out and you will strengthen your brethren. You will strengthen the church. Peter was a powerful, powerful man of God. And God used Peter to establish the church, right? Peter was a part of the three closest disciples. You had Peter Come on, do you guys want to follow Peter, James, and John, right? And, and Peter was a fisherman, right? He was a Bass Pro Shop ball out, right? He had all the equipment. That was his occupation, right? And, and uh, that was the way he, you know, he made a living. So Peter was a powerful, powerful man of God. And Jesus even said, Peter, I'm going to use you to build my church, and it's upon this rock that I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Right, but Peter, he ends up, the story goes on to say that he denies Christ, right? And he feels so bad about what he does. He feels so bad about rejecting Christ, his friend, denying Christ. And he basically he goes back to fishing, right? He goes back to his old life. He, he leaves church, right? And he, said, and, and he feels so bad. But Jesus calls him back out. He reinstates him. And he tells him, on this rock, on you, Peter, I will build my church. How many are thankful today, amen? How many are thankful today that Christ calls us back? Even when we fail, even when we make mistakes, even when we're not faithful, even, even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. And he calls us back. And he doesn't look at our past. He doesn't look at the things that we've done. But he sees us in the eyes of Christ and he sees us as his, his children. And he wants to use us. And so Peter, in writing this letter, he's, this letter was addressed to uh, the, the elect that were scattered throughout all of Asia Minor and 
which would include the whole body of Christians, but he's mainly writing to, to the Gentile Christians. And Peter here, he's encouraging um, the, these Christians to persevere through hardship. And he writes this letter around A.D. 62, 63 during Nero's reign. And if you don't know anything about maybe church history, Nero was just this crazy madman, right, who assumed leadership of the Roman Empire at the age of 16 years old. So he didn't really probably know what he was doing, right? And um, he ends up killing his mother because he wanted more control, political control, and he didn't want to listen to what his mom had to say anymore, right? And so... um, you know, he, want, he wanted more control. And so the story goes on to say that he killed his mother, he killed his brother. I mean, just a lot of things he did. There was a fire that took place around that time in Rome, and it, it basically um, burned up all of the city, but it didn't touch Nero's estates. And, he, and what did he do? He blamed it on the Christians, right? He, he clamped down on the Christians because they were growing, and he was feeling threatened. And there were Christians in Rome that were accepting Jesus, and he arrested, and he tortured, and he executed hundreds of Christians on on the pretext that they had something to do with the fire. And, uh, you know, just so many things that took place, the, the Christians in this time, they were going through a lot. They were going through a lot. And in light of all this, in light of all this madness that is taking place, in light of all these threats and opposition I mean, I could imagine, right, the discouragement that they're feeling, the doubt that they're feeling, that they are experiencing, seeing their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ being persecuted and executed under the control of a madman, being called atheist, right, for not for, for rejecting the Roman gods, being called cannibals, for claiming to eat Jesus' body and, and drink his blood. Romans viewing Christians as incestuous for statements like, I love you, brother, or I love you, sister, right? Seems like the, the Christian could just do no right. It seems like the Christian, right, was just being opposed. The Christian was... Being the, the Christian at this time was just being talked about and thrashed for their faith. And in the midst of all this that's taking place, in the midst of this despair, this grief and confusion, the Apostle Paul reminds them, I mean the Apostle Peter reminds them, of who they are in Christ and the purpose by which they were saved. Amen? Amen. And he tells them, Apostle Peter, and God says, tells them, but you are a chosen generation. I want to encourage you this morning that you are a chosen generation. It doesn't matter what people say about you, for, about your faith, right? At times we, we face opposition because of our faith. Sometimes our family has things to say about it, or our friends, or people that we're engaging with, right? They think that the the Christian can do no right because we're loud and we're proud about our faith, and we believe in the Word of God. 
And we believe in following the word of God and trusting in the word of God and, and standing on the word of God. Because we don't conform to the patterns of this world. But we choose to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Right? And, and sometimes culture, the way that the culture is, doesn't want to follow God. Doesn't want to read God's word. Doesn't want to have a relationship with Christ. And the, so they, they see us as different. They see us as, you know, sometimes. But in the midst of all this, Peter says, you are a chosen generation. I want to remind you today that you are a chosen generation. I want to remind you today, even in this, right, this day and age where we have the generational wars that are going on, right, of the millennials and the boomers and basically, you know, people just trying to, trying to fight and say who was cooler, who was stronger, who was greater, who was, you know, there's who works harder, right? Stories like, well, when I, you know, went to school, I had to ride a bike with no wheels on it. I had to ride a bike with no handlebars, and I had to ride a bike 10, 20 miles just to get to school, right? Right? But, you know, the generate, the, you know, it, that, that's, that's the older generation's job, right, to, get, to give the young people at times, give them a, give them a hard time. I was reading an article, um, and it dated all the way back to the 4th uh, century BCE, and it talked about all the, the things. I mean, this dates back all the way to the, you know, to the time of the Athens, and, it's, and uh, it was talking about how every generation had something to say about the next generation. And, uh, you know, it, it, it made me laugh a little bit. It was funny, but, you know, it's, I guess it's, you know, sometimes... You know, their job to, to give the, gen, the next generation a little bit of a hard time, right? But how many know in Christ, amen, we're a chosen generation? We're a chosen generation. No one's better than the other, right? So we don't have to bag on the previous generation and have all these bad thoughts against them or, you know, or, or think the worst of them. But no, next time, you know, Next time you want to say something like that, just look at, look at that person and say, you're a chosen generation. We're all chosen in God, and that's, that's good enough for me. Amen? The apostle Peter goes on to say that we are a royal priesthood. Right? And, and the idea of a, of, of a royal priesthood or royalty, right, is to be related to the king. And when we put our faith in Jesus, right, we are now joint heirs. We are partakers of God's kingdom. And we become children of God, children of the Most High King. And the idea of, of, of the, this, the priesthood, the priest, was that they mediated God to the people and the people to God. They stood before God in the name of people, and they stood before the people in, in the name of God. This was the, in the time of the children of Israel. All right, so you're a royal priesthood. For all you ladies, all your princess dreams, right, growing up, wanting to be a, a princess and be all the, you know, like Cinderella. And you're a royal priesthood. You are valuable in the eyes of God. You are a princess in God's eyes. And don't let anybody tell you different because God loves you, he cherishes you, he values you, and he thinks the best about you. Thinks beautiful thoughts about you. The Bible says that he knows every hair that is on your head. 
and that you are fearfully and wonderfully created. You are royalty. We are royalty today when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. The apostle Peter goes on to say that, that he tells them you are a holy nation, a holy nation. Right, so it doesn't matter what's going on in, in our nation today. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are made holy by the finished work on the cross. That the Bible says he that knew no sin became sin for you and I. He took on sin. He took on our shame and our guilt so that we can become the righteousness of God. So that we can put on, the, on his righteousness. And so when we put our faith in Jesus, he shares his holiness with us. And we become holy. We become set apart. God's peculiar people, special people. See, you are holy this morning. Right? So you, isn't that amazing? Right? You, you take those three things, uh, just those three things alone. He's a, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's what God says about us. So don't forget who you are, brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't forget who you are in Christ. That's who you are. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. See, because when we forget who we are, we don't live into the reality of what it means to truly be in Christ. We have to know who we are in Christ. We have to believe what the word of God says about us. We have to trust in God's word and walk and walk in it in boldness and courage. Then he says that we are his special possession. Right? And I like to say some of us are a little bit more special than others, right? I think about when, when God thinks about me, right? That's my special child. That he loves me. And that he's looking out for me. And all that basically means is that, that God, he loves you. He cares for you. Right? God, he, he wants the best for you. That God is concerned about you, your life, your situation, and that he's with you. And so he does all this, right? He tells us all this so that we can proclaim and that so we can declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen? How many know that God has all called us out of darkness? He's called each and every one of us. We all have a story. We all have a past. Every sinner has a past, and every saint has a future. And we're all called. We're, we're all his special possession, and we're all called to proclaim the praises of him who called us out, who brought us out. Whether it was depression, whether it was um, suicidal thoughts, right? Whether it was just you were living a worldly lifestyle and God pulled you out of that mess, pulled you out of that darkness and brought you and brought you into the light of God. And so when we believe that we are called to be his mouthpiece, it leads us to be his his mouthpiece. So we have to know who we are in Christ. We have to trust 
and believe in what his word says about us so that we can be his mouthpiece, so that we can be his ambassadors, and so that we can tell others about the day and night difference that he's done in our lives, how he's changed us, how he's transformed us, how he's changed our thoughts, he's changed our stinking thinking, right? He's changed our ways of living, right? At one time, we were enemies of God, but now we are sons, we are children, daughters of God through Christ Jesus. So who we are leads us to be his mouthpiece. Ephesians 2.10, right, it says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're his uh, masterpiece. We are his um, creative product. Right? It's like every time I go to um, Brother David Villa's house, I don't know if you know Brother David Villa, and we see we go into his house and we see all his artwork, right? And he has so many beautiful um, canvases and, and paintings of um, just so many different things um, of the port of San Pedro. He has a, I, one of my favorite paintings I've seen that he has is uh, it's, it's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, right? And those are his creative products. Those are his masterpieces. Those are things that he's worked on. For a very long time, and every, and every time we go, he likes to he likes to show us, right? We like to see it, the work and the effort that was put into it, right? And that's what God says about you and I. We are His creative. We are His creative product. We are His masterpiece, and He wants to use us, right, to do good works through the grace of Jesus Christ. He wants to use us to do good works, and to um, let people know about what he's done in our lives. So it's, it's upward, it's inward, and it's outward, right? It's upward, it's how, it's God. It's God and, and, and putting our trust in God, putting our trust in, in Jesus. And, and he shows us who we are. He shows us our identity, and it leads us outward, right, to be a bold witness for him, to be a bold witness for him. So it starts with our view of God, Ourself, and that's expressed outwardly in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we engage with people, in the way that we communicate with people, in the way that we love people, in the way that we pray for people, in the way that we view this world, in the way that we view people, right? It has to come first from knowing our identity so that, like I said, they can be expressed outward and thus so we can be bold and be courageous, letting people know. Uh, what God did for us, that he redeemed us. He bought us back. We were once um, living a life of, of sin, living a life that was contrary to God. And he bought us back. He redeemed us so that we can go out into the world and, and, and spread the light of God, and spread the light of God's word. He's redeemed us so that we may give him praise. Old, the Old Testament prophets, they taught that God had redeemed his people for his praise. You read that all throughout the, the Old Testament and the books of the prophets. Right? Uh, Jewish people on the Passover, if you read you know, other literature that talks about that event in history, um, they describe their deliverance from Egypt as a call from darkness into light, into great light. Right? What has God brought you out of? What has God done for you? 
We were once enslaved to sin. We were once enslaved, right, to the enemy. But he brought us out into his wonderful light through the, through the power of his son, Jesus. He gave us new life. Right? The Bible says, he that be in Christ is a new creation. The old is past, and all things have become new. So you are made anew in Christ. You are made alive in Christ. So let people know about the day and night difference he's done in your life. And so to end all this, Peter gets, he gets focused back on the fact that if God didn't do this work, we wouldn't be this person. That God, it's God that has done this work in our life. It's God that has saved us and redeemed us. And so he says... In verse, in verse 9, right, we were called out of darkness into his wonder and his marvelous light, and who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. God calls us his people. That's my people, God says about you and I today. That once we had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. We have obtained mercy. God's mercy through putting our faith in Jesus Christ. It's only made possible through him. And his mercies follow us every day, every morning. We wake up, his mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Amen. That God's mercies are new every morning. He's called us out. We are his people. We are a chosen generation. He loves us. He has a plan for us. He's redeemed us for his praises, for his purposes, so that we can walk and we can live the life that he's called us to live, so that we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we can be a bold witness. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be timid or fearful in our witness for Christ. But let us, let people know it's not that hard, right? It's, it's very simple. I know we all can do better. I can do better at it. I thank God for, you know, allowing me to, to be able to share this word because it kind of brought me to remembrance that I got to be a better witness for Christ. I got to be a better witness for the Lord and let people know at my workplace and let people know wherever I go that there's a God in heaven that can, that can snatch them out of their hopelessness, of their despair. That his ear is not too far, the Bible says, nor his hand too short to save you. And there's people out there. We all can think of somebody, right, in our, in our lives. Somebody that we love, that we care for, that God has placed a burden on our heart for. And we all can think of somebody that needs to hear the, the gospel, that needs to hear the good news. And so think about that. What has God pulled you out of? What, what has God done for you? It doesn't have to be something crazy or something radical. Maybe some of us do have those testimonies, right, of God pulling us out of a dark, dark pit. But maybe some of us, like me, it was just God's faithfulness, right, God's hand upon my life that I didn't have to experience uh, the things of, of the world. I didn't have to uh, live a life of pain or heartache, or shame, 
So we all have a we all have a story. We all have something that God has done within us that we can share with others, and so that they can be encouraged, right? And so they can, and we can bring them, invite them to church, and see this place uh, filled, and see many souls come to Christ. So think about that this morning, man. What has God pulled you out of, and what has God done for you, man? How can we share that with others? Like I said, it's very it's very simple, right? The blind the blind man. Right, they were asking him all these questions. Right, they were saying, who was this that, who was this Jesus guy that saved you? Right, they're trying to question him and challenge him. And, and all he says is, look, I don't really know what you're talking about. But all I know is that I once was blind, but now I can see. I once was lost, but now I'm found through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his finished work on the cross that he's set us free, that he's given us victory, and that he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit to walk and live the life that he's called us to live. Amen? What's that song? Amazing Grace, right? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. Amen? And that's that's what God has done in our lives this morning. So I just want to say a prayer this morning, and I want to challenge each and every one of us this week to, to be a witness for Christ, to let somebody know about the day and night difference that he has done in your life. Sometimes we, we forget because we've been coming to church for a long time, and we've just been sitting in the pews, but um, God wants to remind us this morning, amen, that um, he's called us to witness, he's called us um, to let people know about his goodness. Amen? So let's, uh, let's just close out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, God, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word that has come forth, God. I pray, Lord, this morning that it fell on fertile ground. Pray, God, that you would just continue to challenge us in our witness for you, God. That we would be bold, not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe, to all who put their faith in you. But you have called us as your ambassadors. You've called us as your people to proclaim your goodness, to proclaim and to praise you, to tell people, God, that you can save them, that there's hope found in Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for this morning, this great uh, reminder even just to myself, for myself, God, to go out and be the light, to go out and be the salt and the light and to share um, the good news, to share my testimony with others. Help me to be a better witness. Help all of us, Lord, to be a better witness. And remind us throughout this week, God, when we see somebody that maybe needs a meal, somebody that is homeless on the streets and needs a meal, that's hungry, God, I pray that you would quicken our spirit, Lord, to to buy them some food and to share our testimony, to share the good news of the gospel. If it's somebody at our workplace that has been um, just opening up, that has been vulnerable and sharing some of the things that they're going through, God, let us come in with the word of God and be able to encourage them and invite them, Father God, to church, invite them to this house, Father God, of restoration, this house of hope and life, Father God. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for this great reminder. Let us 
remember that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation. We thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. You know, Brother Ruben reminds me a lot of my brother, Pastor Koba, the reverend doctor over here, who preaches, teaches, plays the piano, sings. I mean, he's just dripping with the anointing. It's just like, just, it's just, just running over. Um, and we, we, we've, we've been the, the recipient of Ruben's, you know, gift of singing and playing music. And, and now we're, we're under the word of God that he's brought today. And, um, but you know what? He's a product of Victory Outreach. There's his daddy right there. Raise your hand, Brother Alex. Lord, Lord save Brother Alex. Is that mama right there? There's, there's, there's Ruben's dad and mom. God bless you, sister. Let's give her a round of applause. It's my first time seeing her here. I want to welcome you here. And um, The Lord raised him in Victory Outreach. Ruben. And he, he shared a little bit at the end of, of he's like, I don't, have a, I don't have a testimony of being lost in the world and, and having gone through a whole lot of stuff. The Lord has preserved me, the Lord has protected me, raised me up, and as it was the Lord's will for him to be here with us, we, we, we just thank the Lord for that. We know he was a blessing with Victory Outreach for many, many years, serving in their, their this dude, serving in their men's homes, serving at the church as a young teenage boy. As a young teenager, he was a part of their youth ministries and leading campus ministries at San Pedro High School when he was a teenager. And, you know, maybe that's someone's story here. Maybe that's one of our children from Vacation Bible School's story, right, um, of, of, what, of what God can do in a life when, we, when, we, when God says, come here, I've set you apart. I've carved you out for my purposes. It reminds me in the Bible uh, the story of Samuel in First, Ch- First Samuel. It reminds me of how Hannah brought her son to the house of God and said, Lord, he's yours. My son is yours, and he will be raised here in this house. Samuel was raised in the house of the Lord. And so, young people, guess what? You don't got to go to the world to taste what the world is like. You don't got to go out there if you, if you don't even know. It's going to spit you out real quick. But don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't even give him the opportunity to, to lure you in or to lure us in into going and, and trying to experiment with all the things that are out there in the world that you have no business being involved in. Because you belong to Jesus. Right, Zeke? This generation belongs to Jesus. Reuben's generation belongs to Jesus. The generation after him belongs to Jesus. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. As we get ready for Vacation Bible School Church, pray, church, support, church. Um, just see what God is doing. Beyond Vacation Bible School, see that our young adult ministry is growing. Brother Steve and Sister Leslie are right here pastoring, shepherding our young people, the young adults, into a formative relationship with Christ. Our youth ministry needs support and needs help. Our children's ministry needs so much help. Our Spanish youth and young adult ministry is busting at the seams. We need people. 
who are called and who are willing to dedicate and commit themselves to the service of the Lord, to be in Christ's service for him. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't, don't do that. God wants to, to qualify each and every one of us that are here that want to say yes to him. Amen? So praise the Lord. Let's give God one more round of applause, one more just show of appreciation for Brother Rube stepping out on faith. Thanks for the word, my Brother Rube. Keep it up. Keep it up, mijo. Doing a great job, and we're very, very proud of you. Church, we love you. You are dismissed. Go with Christ. Be encouraged through the word of God today. We can't wait to see you this week. Um, if not this week, we'll see you on Sunday right here in the house of God at the Great Mission. Thank you, Pastor Koba, for accompanying on the piano. God bless you, church.